Welcome to the Athletes Marathon Podcast, conversations that help people maximize their full potential by helping them understand that life is more like a marathon than it is a sprint. From former athletes, personal trainers, coaches, social media influencers, and entrepreneurs talk about their journey on and off the field and how they maximize their talents once they hung up their cleats. And here's your host, Matt Joy. In this episode, I interviewed a graduate from Salisbury University who got into athletic training during his undergraduate years, but throughout his life, he has always been an athlete. After graduation, this guest decided to pursue his doctorates in physical therapy as he's always had an interest in helping people overcome injuries and setbacks. Today, he is a physical therapist at Rehab to Perform, as well as the head coach for the Damascus Cougars youth football team. Without further ado, here's episode 41. Welcome to the Athletes Marathon Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Choi, and we're extremely lucky to have an awesome guest, Dustin Colbert. Dustin's actually located right in Damascus, Maryland, and he's a physical therapist and athletic trainer. Dustin, how you doing today, man? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing well, man. I can't complain. And obviously, dude, you're a, whole, you're a hometown kid right from the DMV area, Dustin. Um, for my audience that just doesn't have a good background about you, can you give a little st- uh, background story before we get started here? Yeah, uh, born and raised in Damascus. Uh, my family grew up in the in the Wheaton area, so we've been pretty much Montgomery County for forever. Um, but, you know, started here, grew up, uh, went through all youth ball, a million different sports and everything out this way. My dad's been a longtime coach in the area, and uh, my parents started off running a, a uh, DJ business in the area. So uh, they got out in the community. People kind of know my family uh, around this around this town pretty consistently. Um, and, you know, I went from there, graduated from Damascus High School in 2012. Um, beat up on Matt Choi at uh, QO, QO. <laughs> but uh, yeah, then I went on to Salisbury after that and uh, became an athletic trainer from there and transitioned straight from there to the University of Maryland uh, School of Medicine in Baltimore for my doctorate in physical therapy degree. And went from there, I was lucky enough to have a relationship with uh, Josh Funk, who's the CEO of Rehab to Perform. Um, that I know you know pretty well, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I've had a long, long-term relationship with him, and ended up you know, getting internships and working my way right into a, a job offer there. And I've been there for actually a, a year tomorrow. Awesome, man! That's congrats, dude. That's that's one by quick, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, for people that obviously, if you're you're listening to this through the podcast, like Dustin's in like his trophy room, and I'm at Dustin's house one day because he, uh, he, I mean, he's a PT. So like, when you have a friend as, as physical therapist, like they're always good people to leverage, but he's sitting in his trophy room right now, or one of his trophy rooms. Dustin, I want you to talk about you as a kid, right? You talk about all the sports you play, I guess. Um, were you always that athlete or like talk about Dustin, the young Dustin at least? Yeah. I mean, I, I, my parents ended up having to put me in preschool when I was like two. <laughs> I was, they were, they were running their business from home and I was just way too active and I'm bouncing off the walls. And it's really funny. I have a, a three and a half year old nephew right now that lives in Damascus too. And he's like the same way, but uh-huh. um, you know, I'm kind of getting, getting the feel for like what I was like, where it's just nonstop. And it's like, Oh yeah. You know, you're all the athletes now, like, you know, the professional level talking about getting reps and like that kid, if that, if I was anything like that, I mean, it's like thousands of reps of whatever sport he wants all day, every day. And that's exactly how I was. Uh-huh. I mean, I played everything growing up. I played hockey. I, I tried soccer. I was running all over the place. I was playing football, basketball. Um, my dad was coaching basketball, good counsel um, at the time. And then um, ended up coaching youth football in, in Damascus at the, like shortly after. So I got kind of a taste a little bit of everything. Um, you know, got a lot of baseball blood in my family, had some farm league guys from my family that made it to the minors and um, a couple cousins playing D1 ball now. So like got into the baseball stuff early on too, and 
just like nonstop. I, I mean, every, everything I can get my hands on that was outside and competitive was, was everything I wanted. That's awesome, man. I think, uh, I guess, talk about it, Dustin. Like, how did that help you as like, as you kind of pick and chose like football being your main sport, like how did like being a multi-sport athlete help you develop your skills as just an athlete in general? Well, so the one thing I want to correct you on there is uh, the picking football. Uh, it wasn't that? It's, it's not, you don't really get to pick football in Damascus. Ultimately. <laughs> I was, I was actually, I was probably best at baseball. Okay. But I liked basketball way more than any of the other sports. And then I got to high school and then in Damascus, it pretty much just chooses you. Like you're just <laughs> like, you walk in and it's football for nine months a year. And then everything else is pushed aside. You got to figure out when you're going to squeeze it in. Uh-huh. But, um, I mean, it's, it's definitely, you know, from, from my side, the science background and things like that, it, it's definitely had a, a major role in how I developed as an athlete and, and really how I developed my understanding in the way I treat athletes. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you're looking at somebody that is, is really consistent in one sport, you're going to notice that they move differently than other athletes that are going to be spread out between different sports. Uh, there's, there's certain patterns that you start to develop in your movement that's pretty obvious when you get them in situations that are a little bit more high intensity or even more control strength-based exercises uh, where you notice there's a significant difference where you know they can somebody that's like a baseball player is going to be very rotational in the way that they do things you get them straight up and down they might not be as controlled in the way that they do things they might not be um, as strong they might not have the capacity to create force in, in those types of patterns because it's not something that they do right so as far as you know, the athletes that, I, that I've seen out of here, and I mean, we get, we get a pretty good amount of, of very high quality athletes here. And I, I don't think I could tell you one person um, that I know from this area that just stuck to one sport uh, and, and still made it big. Right. No, I think it's, that's something that I think I, I really learned when I was one interning with you guys every year to perform was like, I was, I was like typically like a one sport. I think I played a ton of different sports, but never organized. Mm -hmm. Um, because football was like kind of like my, my bread and butter in a sense, but I do see like a lot of weaknesses, like especially for me and like, specifically, like certain things that I'm not that great at, whether it's like vertical or like, like just certain movement patterns that you don't typically always do playing football. Mm -hmm. And it is interesting because I think if you're a young kid listening right now, Dust, I guess what would be your advice to a kid that's like, all right, well, I want to go play college football. I want to play college basketball. Should I risk playing that winter sport? Like, should I risk playing lacrosse just because I want to do it because my friends are playing? Like, what would you, what would you, what would be your opinion on that? Well, I think, I think especially for football athletes, you know, like the winter time and spring kind of working in the spring is where you start to see a lot of those showcases and things like that. Right. Up. And I would tell you from, from mine and some of my very close friends' personal experiences that the showcases are significantly less important and, and less interesting to the high-level collegiate coaches than you being able to do something other than your own sport. I mean, Ur Urban Meyer was sitting in our locker room when I was a senior talking to my absolute best friend in high school, Zach Bradshaw, and sitting there talking to him and said, you know, hey, like, were you thinking about playing basketball again this year? And he said, he said, yeah, I was thinking about doing basketball. I might not run track this year. And he was like, well, don't stop doing one of them. Like, you have to, you, you need to do something. I will not recruit players that are doing just one sport. Mm. And I mean, what, if, if you're thinking about like your long-term health, um, cause that's, that's kind of the discussion that then comes up because people are like, well, I don't want to get hurt and then potentially right. lose my opportunity to have a scholarship. Well, I mean, if you look at it in a long-term sense, you one are putting yourself out there for more exposure for other schools to see you. Uh, 
um, in, in anything. Maybe you don't even realize that you might be a really good basketball player. And next thing you know, you get a scholarship and you get to go to college for free one way or another. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's one, one scenario, but the other side of things is if you get, you know, working into, into basketball season and, and, you know, you're showing that you can move a little bit differently, that's going to be more important for, you know, a, a coach that's coming to look at, you know, an offensive lineman that shows in basketball that he can slide laterally really well, you know, right. can move laterally much better than, you know, maybe they have a more downhill run scheme in their football program. And then they don't get really to see that type of movement. And now they have potential to see, oh, okay, this is something I can work with. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's something that um, we just recently are, are seeing actually in Damascus with um, Ryan Linthicum. He's, uh, you know, the number one center in the country going to Clemson and, um, you know, Dabo Sweeney and their whole staff was coming up to look at him and Brian Breezy. And, um, you know, they come watch him play basketball and they love it. They love to come watch those guys move, you know, differently than what they've seen on their tape. Right. And, and that's something that's really significant. But long term health benefits from that, too, is you're going to be more resilient. Like if you do get your scholarship offer, you know, maybe you don't play. If you play football, you've already committed. You know, you have your scholarship locked in. Maybe you don't play your senior year or something. Right. Like that. Right. I mean, that's that's a different story. But. Um, you know, I would play all the way up until that point because the, the long-term benefits of having those other movement patterns and that, that training style that you have to kind of adjust all the time um, going forward is something that's going to be really good for your long-term health. It makes you more resilient to the different forces that you're going to get put under, uh, especially at the higher levels of, of football where the, you know, the people are heavier, the people move a lot faster, and the intensity of the sport itself is just a lot higher. So if you've been training in, in different variables, you're going to put yourself in a position to be able to handle that and have the capacity to handle that going forward. I like that. I mean, and dude, that's something does. I really do. Looking back on high school, like I wish I did play like lacrosse and like basketball. Like, yeah. and I, like I tell kids now, it's like, if you're athletic enough, do it. And yeah. I think to your point, like maybe if you're, if you're a junior and you're committed, yeah, maybe taking your senior year off is one thing, but I think you're right. Totally right. Like I agree. I couldn't agree more. Like up to that point, I think doing as much as you can, because like one, you get immersed into that team environment, and it's a little bit different with each sport. So I do think there's a there's a ton of benefits there. Yeah, um, Dustin, I guess now talk about like as as you transition as you left Damascus, um, you got to you went to Salisbury. So I guess talk about your career, like not career there, but I guess you you as a student there, and obviously kind of tapping into the health and wellness and the personal uh, the physical therapy side of uh, of your education and stuff. Yeah, so I mean, I, I went to Salisbury for a lot of different reasons. Um, I, I was I was looking into playing football there a little bit, doing like a walk on thing. I wasn't a very big guy, so I wasn't getting anything more than the D three stuff. But um, and I was looking into it, and then I realized I was going to be playing receiver in a triple option offense, and that didn't really sound like it was up my alley. Um, so kind of at that point, and this is probably you know like right after fall season, my senior year of high school, that I kind of realized, all right, you know, I, I think it's time to commit to taking the next step and realizing, all right, my 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 athletic career. Um, from a competitive standpoint, it's probably over. And I need to take the next step and realize, all right, now what do I put my, my efforts towards? Um, so I, I, at that point, thought I wanted to be a physician assistant in orthopedics. Um, and I was working with a couple orthopedic groups in the area. And they told me that I should actually get into PA school. And then they said, that's where the money's at. And I was, you know, really excited about that. So I went to Salisbury and did the athletic training program, which was at the time an undergraduate degree. Now everything's a master's for that. Right. But um, I was one of the last classes of undergraduate athletic training and got a ton of clinical hours. I, I really had no intention of being an athletic trainer, um, not for any particular reason. It's just I felt like I could utilize that skill set and kind of continue to move forward with what I want to do. 
And through my athletic training career, I was working with a ton of the teams. I'm on the field. I mean, you understand it from an athletic standpoint because you've, I'm sure, been in the training training room yeah. and, you know, have to have to deal with some of that stuff. And mm -hmm. you know, that was a, a really big commitment and definitely taught me some discipline in, in, in what I was doing because I was in class for five hours a day and then, you know, doing treatments before I went to class, doing treatments before practice, and then treatments again after practice while I was sitting at practice. So right. you know, we're there more than the athletes generally. And it's, it's a lot. I mean, it's, a, it's, it was not your typical collegiate experience that most people talk about that is, you know, it's a, it's a ton of fun and everything like that. I, I didn't really have a whole lot of fun. <laughs> like there wasn't a whole lot of time for it. Uh -huh. um, so, you know, but I, I, I got everything that I needed out of it and, and got the ton of clinical hours, which was huge in you know, transitioning um, forward because I realized while I was in the clinic that the rehabilitation side of things was something I found really rewarding. Right. I didn't necessarily think I wanted to end up in an office setting where I was telling people what was wrong with them. And then as far as my treatment, I was either going to do a couple of things. It was, you know, either talk about surgical options, which is awesome. I mean, surgery is cool. Not yeah. if you're the one getting it done, but like, that's a cool thing to be a piece of. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of times there's the, the cortisone injections and things like that. Or it's like, hey, go to PT and they can help you get back on the field. And so I was, I started thinking that kind of mindset and was like, oh, you know, this part of it, the, the rehab side where I see somebody that just had surgery is like totally down and out from an ACL and seven months later is going full speed and, and feeling great and is able to play the next year full speed and, you know, and do so safely. And, and that's super rewarding to see like the athletes like, like up and excited and smiling again and like, you know, you kind of saw them at their very lowest where they're most vulnerable and then help be a, a huge piece of what brings them back up to where they were at, um, if not a little bit higher. And that I found like extremely rewarding and that kind of pushed me into PT. Um, so that was, that was where I went from there. I, I just started, a, you know, applying to schools in the area, um, just Drexel Temple in Maryland, uh, just because I, I have family in the Philly area too. So I was just trying to keep it as cheap as possible, but um, ended up, ended up in Maryland. And, you know, that, that was uh, the end of the story. You know, that was yeah. finish it up from there and put your head down and get into the working world. Finally be an adult. <laughs> I guess it does. How was, uh, how was the, when you got your doctor, like how hard was that for like, if, if a young kid's listening, they're like, you know what, like doctor does like, I want to, I want to kind of tap into that. Like, talk about like how hard getting your uh, master's in, in physical therapy was. So, doctor, I guess, right? yeah, yeah, doctor. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I, I, my experience is a little bit different. I, I think just because, um, you know, a lot of my, I was one of like four athletic trainers in my class. And like I said, collegiate experience wise, that's a super different way to go about your collegiate experience. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, compared to what I was doing in college, PT school was actually really easy okay. from a time management standpoint, which is really all it comes down to. Like if you get into, if you get into a doctoral program, you're certainly intelligent enough to be able to handle the material that they're going to throw at you. It's really just how do you manage your time and, and not lose your sanity? Like, cause I mean, it, that's really all it comes down to. It's like, you're going to be stuck. And, and I mean, this is crazy, but this is like the way I explain it to some of the students that come in. Um, that are looking in, into PT school, like they kind of hit you hard, like a lot of programs will do, you know, they kind of do things like super heavy early on to see who's going to stick it out. Yep. PT programs generally do anatomy and phys, like, in, like the first thing you do. So the first 10 weeks that I was in physical therapy school, I was spending about four to six hours 
with my hands in a cadaver. <laughs> like, but like, I mean, that's not an exaggeration. Like okay. anatomy and physiology, I'm literally got my hand, bare hands in a, in a dead body for the first six hours God. every day. And like, I mean, that's like, that's super mentally draining one because there's so much memorization, but like emotionally draining because it's a new experience. And there's, if you get caught up in the feelings of what's really going on in that moment, it's really tough. So, I mean, they hit you hard, but if you maintain that and you get out of that, that's probably the hardest class just because it's all memorization. There's just so much information. Mm-hmm. And once you get past that, it's, it's really just management. Like it's just, all right, Hey, how much of this can I memorize? How much of this can I pick up? And a lot of it, especially for me was, something I'd already kind of learned from athletic training. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we got in the hospital settings and things like that, not really. And I, I struggle with those classes a little bit, but again, it's just, you know, you have to know how you study, you have to know how you retain knowledge yep. and then you make the best out of your, your time. Because really compared to what I was doing where I was, like I said, like five or six hours of class every day. And then in the clinic for probably another 10 hours in that day, I was just doing like six hours of PT school. And then I was like working out and playing basketball for six or seven hours because I was like, (laughs) I still have plenty of time to study. Like this is easy. So it was, it was really different, but I mean, a a lot of my friends struggled early on just from a time management standpoint, like they're brilliant. They're really good PTs, but like they came from, you know, an exercise science background. And some of them were, were working and they were training on the side and things like that. And then some of them were not. And some yeah. of them were just kind of enjoying college and playing intramural sports and having fun. But, um, you know, when that hit, you're like, all of a sudden you're studying for every bit of the six hours that you're not in class. And then you just go to bed, wake up and do it all over again. That was like extremely tough for some people to really pick up. So, you know, once they get past that, it, it doesn't, doesn't, get any more difficult that's really the hardest piece of it right. knowledge is something it's just and it's something that you're generally enjoying like it's not like tedious like high school like I'm I'm certainly not a guy this is crazy to say but I, I I'm one of those guys that like all through school I was like I hate school like right. I don't want to go to school and I always kind of forced myself to do it because I knew where I wanted to be but like progressively as you go it gets easier. Like it becomes less tedious because it's something that you're more interested in. Like I'm not taking Spanish and English 101 <laughs> in a doctoral program. Like it's like, Hey, I'm learning about medicine. Like this right. is exactly what I want to know. So that part of it gets, it gets much easier to be motivated to do that. I think that's just natural too, Dust. As you, like, when you get older in college, like you start finding like the, the courses that you actually want to take. Yeah. And you just like, you approach it with a, with a way different mindset. And like, very similar to you, like, I'm very similar in that sense of, like, I think I've read, a, like, I've read significantly more since I graduated college than I ever did through high school or college. And I think once you find books or topics that you want to read that are intriguing to you, you're just more committed into actually, you know, doing it, you know? Yeah, yeah it's, it's something, something that you can kind of be intrinsically motivated to do. It, it's, you know, it's, you're out of the old high school ways where it's like mom has to push you to do your homework and, you know, or, or coach has to push you to do your homework so that you can play. Like you you don't have that anymore because now it's like, Hey, if I don't do this, I'm not going to get a job. <laughs> like, so, so you're, you're motivated in, in, you know, in, or the job that I want, that would be more intrinsic in, in the way that it's like, you know, certainly you could just not do it and find another way. But like, if it's something that you truly want, it's not hard to be motivated to do so. That's real. That's real. Um, Dustin, obviously, so after you go, after you got your, uh, your doctorate, um, like you started, obviously you're interning at Rehab to Perform. So I guess like 
talk about, did you have like the idea, obviously you had the relationship with Josh already, like, did you have an idea that you wanted to be at R2P or like, was there any other PT spots that you were like debating on or where, where was your head at with that? So, um, yeah, so I actually was, was Rehab to Perform's first student intern. So okay. I had been working with Josh when he was back uh, working with Sarge way back in the day. And, uh, you know, he, he had like really just got out of school and was getting things rolling. And when he first got R2P set up, it was like right around the same time I realized I wanted to go to PT school. Okay. And so I hit him up. I was coming home for a month or two, you know, in between seasons. And uh, I just jumped in and I was, you know, I was a junior in college at that point, junior at Salisbury. And, um, you know, just kind of jumped in and, and it was just him and Zach Baker at the time. So we kind of just were in a small area. We were in the Frederick uh, Indoor Soccer Complex at that point. So it was, it was a much smaller area, much different than the way we do things now. But just the way that he had done it, and like being an athlete, I've been hurt. I knew I've been to PT. I knew what I thought PT was like. Right. Um, and then I got there, and I was like, "Oh my gosh! Like, where was this when I was going through sports? Like, this is like a totally different world." And you know, your 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 mindset when you've gone through PT, and you know, especially even as an athlete, sometimes even at the high level schools, they're doing a lot of stuff like on the table, and you're doing things with the thin bands and stuff like that, and like. I mean, there's, you, you could vouch for this. There's pretty much none of that unless it is absolutely necessary early on. Like it's, we're driving those, those movements that you need. And, and I mean, as soon as we can and making you as independent in your program, like I shouldn't have to sit there and hold a band for you, for you to just do ankle pumps or something like, like what we're, we're trying to get you up and moving. Like we want to sprint. Well, let's go figure out how we can sprint. What's the movements that we have to break down to do that. Like that's something that's, that was totally different that, just like sparked my interest in, in what they were doing. Right. And so I, of course I started doing a little bit more research and there's, I mean, in all honesty, there's not many places like this. I mean, Josh is extremely innovative in the way he's done things. And, and I mean, every, every great business owner and every great coach steals things from somebody else and makes it their own. Like that's, that's how you come up with your own ideas generally. I mean, there's, there's very few Jeff, Jeff Bezos of the world that just like create like a multi-bajillion dollar company just off of like a quick glimpse of oh I, I can make this work mm -hmm. like it's like oh I saw something and I'm going to make it my own that's right. generally more what you see and so I mean there's a couple different companies that that do something similar but um, they try to kind of throw a lot of things all together into one where it's a, a very cumulative approach of, of like five or six different disciplines and so what Josh is doing with the sports side of things uh, in PT specifically is, is you know pretty specific and that's we're we're planning to expand i think in the future i don't know when or or in what capacity but um you know that's something that we're we're working on we're trying to build off of but when i saw all of that that was just like a complete eye opener i was like this is what this is what i want to do yeah and um so i actually i applied for the exos scholarship and exos is the the company that does the majority of like the the nfl combine training and and you know, they're a, a huge sports company um, from a training and PT perspective, and they have nutritionists and things like that, and it's, it's massive, and um, I applied for that one, and I, I actually got down to, like, the final applicants and had to do interviews and stuff like that, and I ended up not getting the position, and so that was something I really was interested in. Even if I didn't get the job there afterwards, I was interested in the experience itself, um, because it was a little different than what I've experienced with rehab to perform at that point. Well, it was kind of a blessing in disguise because then I, 
because I didn't get that sports internship, I ended up with the PT internship back at rehab to perform working with Jared Boyd. Mm -hmm. And that ended up leading me into a completely different mindset of thinking um, and, and, you know, just really opened my eyes to different ways of doing things and ultimately led to the, the job offer. Right. So, I mean, that was a totally different world, but I mean, I, I was looking at like, I was kind of betting on myself in that sense. That it was just like, I really was putting all my eggs into one basket. That's really how I've always been. Like I didn't apply for any colleges coming out of high school, except for Salisbury. Once I knew that, <laughs> like, I was like, all right, like I, I'll get in, like, I, no, I'll get in. I'll be fine. Yeah. And like, I never even thought in my head like that, that there was even a possibility that I couldn't. And I did the same thing with, with college to, to PT school. I was like, I'm going to, you know, my friends are applying to 10 different schools all over the country. And I was like, I'll get into one of these three. Like, that's it. I'll, like, you know, they're all good programs. They're all cheap. And I would be able to spend, you know, less money on housing and things like that. Like I'll just, I'll get into one. I'll be fine. Right. And, you know, and end up being perfectly fine with that. So really like not getting the exos thing was like a big deal for me. Cause I, I was like, I really bet on myself again. And like, that was like the first time I like didn't quite make it. And I was like, man, this sucks. But you know, like I, I was, I was upset about that, but I, you know, after I realized like, Oh man, like this might've just led me into the job that I, like is, is my dream job. Even if I hadn't even really realized it at that point in time, um, it really set me up for that because my other options, I mean, we, we do like the job fairs and stuff like that. And I had quite a few people that were calling you up. There's, there's no shortage of PT jobs usually, but well, right now is a little different story, but <laughs> um, at the time there's no shortage, especially in like the corporate world and like the, the pivots and the ATIs and right. stuff like that. The, the ones that you see all over the place that um, generally are a little bit more generic, you know, mm -hmm. like the, the old school way that you, you see things generally with the bands and sitting on the table and stuff like that. Yeah. So you know, I, I've had a lot of experience with those and, and I knew that it was not something that I wanted. And so I, like, I would start conversations with them and like, just get my name in there just in case. And just, you know, but ultimately I was like, I'm really not going to spend a whole lot of time. Like I didn't even send them resumes or anything. I was just like, like, if it falls, if, if this falls through with R2P, like I will, I'll start trying a little bit harder because I know <laughs> this is not really what I want. Right. So, you know, it, it was more so just like, let's make this happen. And so as soon as job, the Josh offered me the, uh, the offer, I was, I was in, I was like, let's do this and hundred percent, you know, full head of steam going forward. So that was, that was kind of the experience I went through. And, and of course, like afterwards, like three months later, I'm getting texts and calls and stuff from, you know, the, the recruiters for all these other companies, like, Hey, have you found a job yet? Yeah, I'm like, reaching out. Yes. Yes, I have. <laughs> you can take my name off the list. I appreciate it though. That's funny, man. I mean, Dustin, talk about like, so when you didn't get the exos, like how down and out were you? Cause I mean, hearing that it's, it's honestly really, it's, it's interesting to hear that from you in terms of like putting your eggs in one basket. I wonder like, where was your mental at? Like, were you discouraged at all? Were you kind of like, where, where, where was your head at? I mean, it was, it was definitely a different experience for me. Like even, I mean, you, I'm sure you can attest to this too. It's, it's like, even as a young athlete, like I was generally pretty good at what I was doing. So like mm -hmm. I would play for travel teams and, you know, in baseball and AAU basketball and um, you know, stuff like that. And I, even in high school, like I never, like everything that I tried out for, I always made it. So that was like really the first time in my life that I really like put effort into something and like tried and didn't get it. So, I mean, I was pretty shocked, which, I mean, it was a great experience to then know what it felt like to be like, um, I mean, was there something else I could have done? And I'm sitting there looking, I was like, probably not. Like, I mean, whether the people that did end up getting the, the positions were better than me or not, 
I mean, I was down at, there were, you know, over, over 2000 applicants for the position. And I was down in like the top 10 of, of, you know, the interviews at the end and didn't get it. And I was just like, well, okay. I'm like, I mean, that sucks. But you know, the next day I found out I was going to R2P and I was like, okay, we're good. Like, this is exactly, you know, this, the, things happen for a reason, I guess. And, and no. that's, uh, you know, it was just an experience that I, I learned something that, that we preach a lot is just like the control, the control, the controllables. And yep. like, I knew I'd put everything into what I I've done uh, to this point. So when I was writing my resume to send to Exos and everything like that, I was like, I've done everything I can do. And, and once I send it in, it's out of my hands, whether they either like what I've got to bring or they don't. And this is without even meeting me. So like, I didn't take it super personal because they don't know me. They're looking at a sheet of paper and, mm -hmm. and, you know, even from the interview, the interview questions, it's, you know, they're kind of getting a feel for how do you talk, like, you know, things like that. I'm like, that's great. I mean, I can speak to people. I've got no problem with that. So, you know, they're, they're just trying to see, like, are you a fit for us? And maybe I wasn't, but maybe I'm, they might not be a fit for me either, you know? So that was kind of how I flipped my mindset on it. Cause I was like, this is, you know, R2P is where I'm supposed to be. No, I'd like that. And I mean, I, did, I think Dustin, you said it's fine. Like control the controllables. I mean, I think if you're a young athlete too, like, listen, like if, if you went to a camp and you did really, really well, and I, if you don't get that scholarship that next day or whatever it might be, like whatever similar circumstance you might be in, like, don't let that discourage you. Cause at the end of the day, you could have done everything right, but maybe it just wasn't the right time. And yeah. you know, to Dustin's story, like then literally the next day, he got a really good opportunity that now it's like, it, it, you probably wouldn't have changed anything. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've got, I've got one of, one of my very close um, friends. It's actually my, my brother-in-law's little brother. Um, his, his name is Preston. He was a defensive back at Damascus this year. Um, and he, you know, he had a, a similar story in that same capacity to what you just brought up. He went to, to a camp, he went to JMU this year and like balled out and the coaches came up to him, were talking, but they literally had two defensive backs commit like the day before. So it just kind of turned into like, you know, it just, the spots are kind of gone. Like yeah. we love what you brought to the table. You did everything right, but we don't really have a scholarship for you. Like, we're sorry. And because of that, he then ended up at Georgetown at a camp, like, you know, right, right after that and got like a massive scholarship to play football at Georgetown, which he's a super intelligent kid. And he wants to go to med school, like graduating for, with a degree from Georgetown is a pretty good gig. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, like something like that. It's just, you, you don't always get to pick you know, where, where life is going to take you. Yeah. And that's, you know, th like I said, things happen for a reason and sometimes they definitely suck in the moment, but like, I, I always try to be optimistic and try to have an understanding of like, there's something good that's going to come out of this. It's just not necessarily what I thought it was going to be, you know? So that's, that's something that you, you've always got to drive. Cause even the same thing happens in, in PT. It's like an injury happens with like, you know, they're, they're like majorly worst case scenarios that can certainly happen, especially, you know, we've had some of those right now. And that's what I keep telling some of my athletes is these kids miss their junior year because of an ACL, they're rehabbing, they're working super hard, and then they come back and then COVID hits and their senior year gets canceled. So they haven't played any varsity sports in two years, you know, and, and it's hard to look at something like that and be like, you know, like everything I put into this and I don't get even an opportunity. Well, I, I keep telling everybody, I mean, it sucks. And, you, and it, I mean, it's horrible that you're losing some of these experiences that I would love for them to have. But at the same time, for some of these kids that are trying to go to the next level, everybody's in the same boat. This just leveled the playing field for everybody because nobody's playing football for an entire year this year. Mm -hmm. You know, so now all of a sudden you go to a camp and you've played football, even though you missed 
you know, the year before, you've played football probably just as closely to, to in level of intensity in the last year than this person has. Yep. So all of a sudden, it levels the playing field, and it gives you just as much an opportunity, if not more, than maybe what you would have had. So, I mean, there's always something good that will come out of it. It's just not what you expect. 100%. I think being patient, too, with that, right? It's like, yeah. That's a big piece of, like, I mean, dude, it's a weird time for a lot of young athletes right now going through COVID and going through sports being canceled. But um, the, the kids that are going to put their head down and keep working and not look at this as, like, a negative – um, those are going to be the ones that are going to take advantage of opportunities when, when it gets presented, you know? Definitely, definitely. That's that's something that has been brought up by every athlete that I, I've talked to in, in my Instagram post the last few weeks. I'm sure. Uh, every single one of them has said, like, all all they've ever wanted was was time. You know, like, it, you get into college and everything is it's set, scheduled to the minute, essentially, for whether you can eat, sleep, drink, whatever. Like, oh, you have four minutes to go to the bathroom before we have to get rolling again. Like, I mean, it's so, so set to your schedule. You don't have time to maybe look at, at some of the other pieces of things until the off season. And, um, you know, and, and now you have all the time in the world to really fine tune certain pieces of, of your movement and, and the way you do things or your nutrition or your sleep patterns or whatever the case may be. And now you even have more time to like become a student of your game yep. or your craft. And, and you can sit in and, you know, you have plenty of time to sit and look at YouTube videos of, you know, Terry McLaurin running routes or something and be like, man, like this is, this is exactly what I want to be like. Like, you know, it's just, you can look at the, and, and look at those pieces and fine tune your own game because you have more time to do so, you know, it, it's not so much develop my skill set for what, you know, program I'm in currently it's, or the scheme that I'm in, it's, I can actually develop my, my own skill set right now. You know, and that, that's, that's huge. All the time in the world to do that. hundred percent. dude. I think using that time to your advantage is critical right now. Yeah. Um, Dustin, I, I, one of the last things I want to talk about is I, I know that you, uh, you do a lot of stuff outside of R2P2, right. In the community. Um, I know you're a big time coach for the Damascus, like the youth football team. I guess I want you to talk about that a little bit. I mean, that's kind of like your side hustle thing, right? That you put like a good amount of time into, and I know it's yeah. a big passion project for you. So I guess talk about that. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a huge passion for me. So we found out on Thursday last week that we were canceled, and I mean that was that was probably more crushing for me than than most things in my life at this right. point. I was probably more upset about that than the majority of the kids because they also got like fall ball and stuff, but. I mean, it's the first time since I was five years old that in the fall I won't be involved in football in some capacity. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is, this is a huge deal, and, and um, it's definitely different. And, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out what the heck. I'm not thinking to get good at golf. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of free time on my hands I was not anticipating having. But, um, I mean, yeah, I, I've, I've been around coaching for forever. Like I said, my dad's been coaching long before I was, I was born. My dad was coaching – um, at St. Catharines in the Wheaton area when he was 18. Like, he was a head coach of, of teams there. And, like, the next year he got hired at Good Council to coach basketball. And, I mean, so he was 19 coaching their freshman team. And, like, he had just graduated high school, like, uh, two years ago. That's young as hell, yeah. You know I mean, like, that, it was crazy. So, like, that's, that's something that I grew up around. He's, he's widely known, at, at, you know, in the area for coaching. And he coaches basketball and, you know, and, and made big-time football coach in the area. And, um, you know, I, I grew up in, in that type of household where just like, even, even his parenting style is like a coaching style. <laughs> like, yeah. So, so that it just kind of was just like ingrained in me from the start. And, and actually like, because of that, um, all of my siblings have all been coaches at some point as well. 
Um, and and my, my older sister was a track and cross country coach at Northwest. Mm-hmm. And uh, my younger sister actually is, she's now a coach at Orange Theory Fitness. I saw that, yeah. In Clarksburg and Gaithersburg, which, which, you know, she's got some thanks to you for that. <laughs> but uh, she also helped coach the, the bocce and, um, and allied softball teams at Damascus with my parents. So, um, you know, we kind of all got into that. We all have a passion for it. But it's just something that, like, it, it, in all honesty, like, I love what I do from a career standpoint. And it's super, super rewarding. But, like, I'm even, it's even more rewarding for me to be involved in these kids' lives um, in, in football. And, right. and, you know, I've helped out a little bit with basketball in the area a little bit, too. But just – I just – I mean, from my own experiences, and, I, again, I'm sure you can attest to this, it's just – I just think that the game is so much more than the game. Yeah. And – to know that like, you know, if, if the clinic stuff is great. We're like, I'm, you know, I got one person a day that is maybe getting discharged and they're returning to their sport and I've maybe helped them, you know, get to the point where they can now take advantage of the opportunities they're given. Mm-hmm. But every single day that I'm working with these kids, uh, I'm, I think I, in my opinion, I'm, I'm helping them kind of mold their mindsets and, yeah. and mold the way that they grow up to then do bigger things for themselves and give themselves opportunities. So I, I'm, I, I love the idea of helping somebody get their independence. Yeah. And I, that's, that's something that I really strive to, to push these kids to do. And, and I love watching them kind of like grow up in front of your face. Like I, I was helping out with my dad's team when I first came back from college and they were 10 years old and that was going to be the 13 year old team this year. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, so those kids are getting ready to go to high school. And I just remember like, even just from 10 years old to how they look now and like <laughs> you know, and just how they act and they talk to you like a grown man. And you're like, wow, like this is, this is really cool. Like it's, it's, you know, you're, you're not sure if that's, you know, are they a product of the system or not? But like at the same time, like I know people outside of this, that they don't have this, this type of program that we do here. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's just really cool to be a part of what helped me and my friends get to where we are in life to then help hopefully come back and kind of pay it forward with the kids that are coming up. And, and then, you know, I've, I've got kids that um, I've been coaching since I was in like middle school, we were doing like basketball camps and stuff. And I was in like eighth grade and I was a coach at a basketball camp and I was coaching like kids that were like four or five years old. And now they're seniors in high school that are going division one, like Ryan Lintham, I was coaching him when he was a snotty nose four-year-old at basketball camp. And I mean, and, and he was a bucket. Don't get me wrong. He was a bucket. <laughs> but, but, but I mean, like I was coaching those kids and to see where they are now, like they just taking everything that they've been given in this environment and, and utilized it. And, yeah. and it turns into something much bigger. And that's something that I, I absolutely love to see. It is so rewarding to even be a part of it. And just, you know, no, no matter what kind of part you were of it, if, if, if you have, you know, even like the remotest sense of a relationship with somebody and you see them succeed, it's just really, really exciting to be a part of. And, you know, I, I just love to see it. I love that we still have a program that helps push people in the positive direction. Um, you know, things kind of come and hit you in the face and there's a, there's a whole lot of negativity that surrounds this, this sport these days, unfortunately. Um, you know, there's been some stuff in the Damascus area that, you know, we're certainly certainly not excited to talk about, um, you know, and but that's that's not that's not the way we do things, you know, and, and that and that was that was crushing for me too, just because that I felt like everybody's idea of the way things are here changed, um, and, and I just know that you know we we can make a difference in these kids' lives and, and really push them to to have the opportunities that we have all had, 
um, as far as like me and my friends go. And that's, that's something that I just want to make sure that that's maintained. And I love that I'm, I'm able to be a part of that. And, um, you know, we got a new coaching staff in, in the area um, with Coach Klotz. And I, I've, you know, I've already had quite a few conversations with him and met with him. And, you know, we're, we're really trying to build that relationship where we can keep this going forward. And that's something that we always do in this, this environment. So it's kind of cool because my dad, when Wallach first kind of stepped in, my dad was kind of that liaison between the youth league and the high school. I mean, my dad's still coaching youth, but at the same time, um, you know, I'm, I'm obviously a little younger and I'll probably be in this for a little bit longer at this point. So, um, I mean, Klotz has met with both of us, but I mean, he, we, we text pretty consistently going back and forth, like, Hey, I was thinking about this and thinking about this, like just going back and forth with the ideas on how we can keep that tradition alive. And, um, you know, that's, it's just so fun to be a part of. I, yeah. I really, I mean, I can't say enough about it. I could talk about it for, for days on end, but, um, it really is great. No, I mean, Dustin, I think, uh, you're a great role model. You're a great piece for the community and people that don't know, like the masses, I mean, it's, it's kind of like what you would think in like a Friday night lights show. I mean, that it's, I mean, it's community grown. It's kind of like, I mean, Quince Orchard does a great job as well. I think the masks is right up there in terms of, you know, the community support that gets behind it. And, you know, you're funneling through the young kids into the high school and, you know, the masses is a great job. Like, you know, you guys don't get that many, you know, uh, recruit, like, you, don't, you guys don't get many um, transfers, right? A yeah. lot of those kids are homegrown kids that were yeah. born and raised and they grew up in that area. They play with the same kids um, through youth league all the way up to high school. So, um, props to you guys for that. And I think, dude, Dustin, you're going to play a major role. And I think just you specifically, I think you have a, like, dude, you're probably making a lot more impact than you even realize. And I'm sure a lot of those kids do appreciate it, dude. Well, I, I appreciate that, man. We're, we're going to keep rolling with it. I, you know, I'm, it's not anything I'm necessarily looking for, uh, you know, as far as getting anything out of it, other than just the excitement for, for watching these kids grow up. And, um, you know, I, I, I just love being a piece of it, you know, whether, whether I can have a big impact or not, you know, they, you can't, you can take a horse to water, but you can't make them drink, you know, but like, you know, I'm, I'm all, I'm all in as far as I'll take them as far as I know how to get. <laughs> Look, if y'all want to drink or not, it's on you, but I, I I'm, I'm all bought in and I, I, it's, it's cool to see that, you know, that some, you'll see the kids that really, really do buy in and, you know, hit you up years down the line and, Hey, I, I'm working on this. Like, dude, I haven't coached you in six years. <laughs> like, I, I'm sure that whatever I'm going to tell you is totally different than what they're working on up there at this point. So I'm not really sure what you want me to do. But. You're a great resource though, man, especially coming from the PT side and you, like your training background. I mean, you, I think you're a great resource for a lot of those young kids. Dude. I start realizing like Dustin, a lot of kids don't like, they don't know how to work out. They don't know how to train. They don't know how to move their body. Right. Yeah. And if you like, obviously with all this experience, you know, not even just in the PT world, but in the actual training realm too, like it, it, that information is invaluable if you can learn it at a young age. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I, I think that as a society, we're kind of trending in that direction. There's a lot more out in the world, but yeah. the problem is that th- that actually creates a whole other issue of, what's good stuff and what's not because right. now everybody's putting it on social media. So how do I feed through that and say, Hey, is this good or is this bad for you know me? And I think that what everybody needs to realize is that there's, there's no cookie cutter way to just make yourself way better in any certain, you know, any certain movement or, you know, there's no specific way because everybody's completely different. I mean, your needs are exceptionally different than the person right next to you generally. So you know, you can't just take the same system and say, this is going to be applied to everybody and this will be perfect and it'll work every single time because it's not the case. So, I mean, I, I, I for sure had no idea what I was doing in high school 
And I mean, if I, if I had the resources around me, um, you know, if I had funk around me when I was in high school, uh, you know, like I think, you know, thing, things, I don't know if necessarily know from a performance standpoint, if it would have been much better, but um, you know, I definitely think it could have been better, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and just having like one year of working with Sarge in an off season one time was just like, a totally different world than what I was doing before. It was just right. running around, lifting in the gym, like pretending like I knew what I was doing. And like, I think athletes, especially young athletes, they're ashamed to be wrong. Like they don't want to, they don't want anybody to know that what they were doing might not have been the best thing for them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's a hundred percent how I was like, Oh, I was squatting 450. It's like, dude, you just did like a straight up good morning. Like you're just, you're just like bending your back all over the place. Like you have no legs and no hips. Like, you know, but nobody wants to, nobody wants any, it's just the numbers. Like they just want to have the productivity and not necessarily get there the right way. 100%. And they certainly don't want to be told that they were doing it wrong all along. So, you know, it, it's, it's good to have resources around you to kind of tap into that early on yep. and help you level up to, to make sure you're doing things the correct way. Um, to not only help you from a performance standpoint, but then like long-term health. Yep. So it's huge. hundred percent. I like that. Um, so we're going to transition now. This is part, we're coming to a close here almost. Um, this is the hot takes where basically I just throw a couple quick questions at you mm-hmm. and you're just kind of firing away with whatever comes like top of mind. All right. All right <laughs> first one here is what's your favorite book? Ooh. So I'm going <laughs> to spill a little bit of information right here that, um, might get me in trouble, but I have, believe it or not, I have not read a book cover to cover since I was in sixth grade. (laughs) (laughs) And I have a doctorate. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's a little biased because uh, The Call of the Wild was the last book that I read full length. And what's really, really bad is my my older sister is an Amazon best-selling author. <laughs> and yeah, she writes romantic novels. Actually, her she has a series that came out today. Her first book in a series. She's she's got like three or four bestsellers on Amazon. So she's a big deal. What's her name? Uh, Let's plug her real quick. Taylor Danae Colbert. Taylor Danae Colbert. Okay. Yep. If you guys yep. like romantic books or whatever. romantic novels, yeah, yeah, yeah. she's got like the whole you know the the whole thing going with uh you know the all the lovey dovey stuff and you know, <laughs> everybody loves it she's 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 very good at it but um i can't fully attest to that because i haven't read it <laughs> i swear i'm a good brother but like hey, you got I, you got to plug her in but i mean you have you haven't read it so i mean i guess we got to still trust it we got to yeah, just go check amazon because there's great reviews from people that have actually, <laughs> actually read it. <laughs> but yeah i mean i i'm a little biased in that aspect i i I really, really do enjoy um, reading like Bleacher Report and things like yeah. that. I'm, I'm super, super into sports in, in every capacity. So, you know, I'll read Bleacher Report all day long if I have to. And, and that's really where I, I get, I read that for more of enjoyment. It's kind of something that helps me wind down away from everything else I'm doing in my life. Um, I, I, I honestly think that in today's world, especially in what I do, there's not always the, not always the best information that comes from like the numbers and the research. And that's something that, is really hard to get out of that mindset because in PT school, it's like all about that. Right. So I, I do find, you know, certain things that I'm like, Oh, this is really interesting. And I'll pull it up and kind of do a little bit of evidence on that. Like, you know, anecdotally, like, Oh, this looks good. I'm going to try it with a couple of people and see how it looks. And, you know, if it gets me what I'm looking for from a, a, you know, a movement component standpoint, then great. I'll keep using it, but otherwise not so much. Um, but I don't necessarily read a ton to like, 
really push myself any different than the way I'm doing. Um, yeah. I, I find other resources for myself are, are a little bit more helpful. 100%. That's fair. That's fair. Um, next one I got for you, Dust, is uh, favorite cheat meal or like fast food spot that like it's like your go-to if it was your cheat meal day? Uh, I, I'm a Chipotle guy. I like it. I, I don't really eat. I'm kind of strict with my diet. I don't really like fast food a whole lot. Yeah. Um, and I, I think Chipotle is does a pretty good job of just kind of keeping things relatively healthy if you pick the right things. But, um, you know, it's it's still really, really good. <laughs> and I don't have to put any work. And I will say, Dustin is like a creature habit. Like when I internet rehab to perform, like he'd have like your meals are consistent, bro. My super, my bag lunches every single day, the same thing. <laughs> The, there's a, I mean, listen, don't, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of variability. Sometimes I go orange pepper. Sometimes I go yellow pepper. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I will say he's got a well-balanced mix of vegetables, some protein, some, some good fiber, some carbs in there. So I will say it's, it's balanced at least. Dust. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Last one I got for you is favorite athlete of all time. Jackie Robinson, not even close. Wow. That was quick. Um, yeah, I actually have, um, uh, posters all over my wall upstairs. I have four different athletes. I think I'm going to add Jim Brown to this soon. He's an honorable mention currently. Okay. Uh, but I, my, my biggest thing in my entire life that I've learned is um, greatness is not defined in your specific field. Uh, it's, it's defined as a whole. So the people that I, I really look up to and that I, you know, even if I didn't have a chance to see them while they were living or while, you know, while they were playing, um, the people that had an impact in their sport just as much as they had outside of their sport. Mm. Um, and, and they, the Muhammad Ali's of the world, yep. um, the Jesse Owens of the world, Dr. J and then Jackie, obviously. And, you know, just the things that those type, those people had to go through and, and, you know, really make change and opportunities for other people in, yeah. in their same realm and even outside of it, because there's just so many other things that they tapped into and that they, you know, they believed and, and really fought for what they believed. Um, and that's, that's something that, that really pushes me as a person to, to want to be like that. Um, and, and Jackie Robinson specifically, like in everything that he did, I mean, he, he's really well known for being the first black baseball player in the MLB. Like, and that's cool. I mean, that's a really great piece. And it's, but he was like even more widely known as being a really, really good person. Mm -hmm. Like I actually have a, a probably my biggest tattoo. I have a massive side piece that is a quote from Jackie Robinson. And it says a life is not important except in the impact it has on other lives. So it, it wasn't for him. It wasn't about the sport. It wasn't about being the first black guy in, in the league. It was about making other people's lives better in every, in every which way he could. And, and that's something that, you know, is, is untouchable in my opinion. That's, that's the epitome of greatness is having an impact on people in, in a positive manner, you, you know, and um, another thing that he, he touched on one time is that you are going to impact everybody you come into contact with. It's up to you, whether it's a positive or negative mm. impact. And, right. and, you know, those pieces really just every interaction I have, I had that like ingrained in the back of my mind. It's just, I want to be positive for this person, yeah. whether they come to me with a negative mindset or, you know, an emotional manner, I'm still going to try to be as positive as I can be. 100% I like that. And I think, I think that all those guys you named, like it was all in like very trying times for like our country, right? Especially yeah. when we're talking race and stuff. And I think like all of those guys like really spoke for what they believed in and not just for what they believed in, but like what the community 
and, and the people that had no voice, right? Because I think that's the biggest thing. It's like the one thing, like when I watched Last Dance, does I'm sure you watched it, right? Like that's the one, one thing for Jordan where it was like, damn, you had that opportunity, right? You could have took it in that one way to speak up because of how much you were beloved, yeah. but because of like our culture and how much they did love Jordan in the '90s, like it was easy for him to stay quiet and, and make more money for Nike, right? And exactly. I think that's one thing that he'll have to always live with. But I think to a testament to you, like those people that you name and all those athletes spoke up for um, not just what they believed in, but for, for their community and stuff, which is yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's, um, uh, it's something that we're, we're seeing, you know, the, the hashtag more than an athlete thing okay. is, is becoming a really big deal um, in the times that we're in. And you're, you're starting to see this, this movement that just, you know, it, people talk about the Kaepernick thing and it's always a sore subject to, to bring up because there's so many different mindsets on the way that it went. But yeah. in my opinion, it was like as successful as it could have possibly been in his, in his, you know, in the moment, like he had to sacrifice what he loved and, and his occupation to really bring awareness. And now two years later, you know, we're, we're really seeing the impact of it where now everybody's not afraid to step up. And if, cause they know if everybody does it together, they can't fire everyone. 100%. So, I mean, that like one person had to take the fall and I mean, unfortunately it had to be him, but now everybody's saying their piece, everybody's stepping up and, and, and being a part of something greater because they had the platform to do it. And every commercial you see now is, you know, we're pushing towards the future. Let's, let's go, let's, you know, let's make an impact. And you know, that's, that's how things get done. That's the way the world, the way the world these days. Yep. Um, does the last two things I got for you is uh best way for someone to reach out to you. Um, maybe a young kid that, wants to go be a PT or young athletes, whatever it might be, what's the best way for people to reach out? Uh, probably Instagram, Dr. D Colbert seven. That's, that's uh, probably the best way to get to me. And um, you know, I, I try to get back to people as quick as possible with that. Um, I've also got a, a few things on there on the page that, you know, young athletes could certainly yeah. tap into and um, watch a few of those discussions that I had and, and, you know, use that as a learning tool going forward too. 100%. I'll put that in the show notes. So if anyone wants to reach out or even just see some of that content that Dustin's talking about, it's really good, uh, good information from, you know, professional athletes, from Olympic athletes, and um, a lot of good insight there. Yeah. Um, Dustin, last thing I got for you, man, this is one of my favorite parts. It's called the final take. And this is kind of where I leave it up for you to kind of close us out on the podcast, whether it's a question you have for the audience, maybe some motivation or something encouraging, um, or it could be something that's just been on your mind since we've been in quarantine. Um, mm -hmm. This is kind of your chance like take the take it over for the floor and we'll kind of close it out here. Yeah, I mean, for, for young athletes, we, we touched on it already. I, I just, I know that in, in my, my career, you always look at it in hindsight and, and say, what, what could I have done better? What, you know, what did I want that I, I might not have gotten the opportunity to do um, or have? And this is, this is, you have all the time in the world. And, and it's hard to kind of change your mindset from this is a negative thing. And, you know, all of this is a negative situation that we're dealing with. But now flip that switch and say, you know what, this is a positive situation and I'm going to make the best out of it because I have all the time in the world to, to develop different things of, of, of the way that I live. And that's, that's my biggest piece. I just think that you, you got to utilize the time that you have because you're, you're never going to have time like this again, even if you're just in high school. I mean, you're, you will never have time like this. Most people that are, are working right now have never had time like this since they were in elementary school. Yeah, it's just, it just doesn't exist. You just, at the, your entire life, you're in school. You maybe get a couple months in the summertime, but you go to college, you still, you're in school. It's about, some people work. Then when you turn into an adult and then it's work all the time. And then sometimes it's family and, you know, kids and things like that. And you're, you're just never going to have the time that you have, you know? So this is, 
something we have to take advantage of if we're, we really want to push for, for greatness. And that's, yep. that's something that um, I, I hope that everybody kind of takes to heart and, and, and utilizes that time because it's hard to be disciplined and, you know, do the things that are necessary to get better. But you, you, you have no excuse coming out of this. 100%, man. I love that, man. You guys heard it here first. Take advantage of the time. Don't let it take advantage of you. Um, Dust, I appreciate you being a guest, man. This is awesome, man. For us yeah. to just catch up, and um, I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to be here. So it was a pleasure having you, man. Of course. Thanks for having me on, and uh, I'll be uh, happy to come back in uh, and do it again sometime. Yeah, we'll have, to, we'll have to do take two again or something. Yeah, volume two. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, this is episode 41 of the Athletes Marathon Podcast. My name is Matt Choi, and we are signing off. Thank you for listening to the Athletes Marathon Podcast. We want to make sure you stay connected with our guest, so we'll have access to the show notes and our latest episodes on our website. Head over to www.theathletesmarathon.com, and if you enjoyed the podcast, we would love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Until next week, thanks again for listening.